up, fam? Welcome to Stream of Copiness. I'm your host, Vanessa, and on this podcast, we'll chat all things copy, creativity, and running a business in this weird-ass reality. On this podcast, you'll get the spicy tips and takes about writing copy and content that isn't so damn boring and basic, ways to run a biz that feel intentional and intuitive, and of course, a little bit of magic and witchy stuff. I'll also be bringing in other conscious creators to put me in the copy hot seat and have casual conversations about the hell yes wins and Drake-esque woes of running an intentional business. Thanks for lending me your ear holes. Now let's get it popping. What's up, fam? It's V, and I am back for another episode of Stream of Copiness. Thank you so much for being here. I am joined by a very special guest, Taylor Neal. Taylor is an LBGTQIA plus strength coach, student, fur mama, and soon-to-be certified strength and conditioning specialist. And she's going to be here, and she's going to be putting my ass in the hot seat. So, Taylor, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much for having me. You are so welcome. So the first question I have for you before you ask your question is, where are all the animals? I hope they're by you. (laughs) (laughs) Every single one is in the room with me right now. They are eagerly awaiting uh, their father's return. (laughs) Oh my God. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. I like I'm not going to say I locked mine out of the room, but they're not in here right now. So if you hear some dog whines throughout the episode, that's just what it is. Because collectively, I think we have about six animals between the two of us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think it might be upwards of almost seven. And I will warn you, there is a very high likelihood that they will bark very loudly at a a point. So listeners, beware. That is welcome, dear. Okay, so... What is your question? What is your question about copy and content? Put my ass in the hot seat. Let's go. So my question, a little bit of a to parter. I think one of the most amazing things about witnessing your journey has been how you have shifted your copy and your content to multiple Mm -hmm. platforms multiple times. And I think more than anything, I'm so curious how you feel like you've changed your content and at the same time, how you feel you've remained true and organic with yourself as you've made those shifts from platform to platform. Mm, That's such a good question. And I feel like that's going to be answered in almost like a two-parter. Answer this first. Well, first I'll say the thing that always stayed the same throughout my content from switching between like Instagram, email, blog posts, all that stuff is that my content pillars and my tone of voice and brand tone has always stayed the same. Like, I think no matter where you read my content, where you get my copy, it's going to sound like it's coming from me because that is one of my absolute core values is that I always sound like it's me and it doesn't sound like it's coming from somewhere else. And whenever I, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I teach about copy is finding your style. And that's you, your style is how you say things and how you say things is how you write things. And I think for a really long time, we were taught to like, not write the way we speak, right? There's like this way that we're supposed to write things, but really that's bullshit. And it's the other way around. So I think that's the thing that has stayed consistent with me in terms of how my copy and content has changed. I think it's more about how the strategy has changed rather than the actual copy and content 
itself. And I'll take you through like a little bit of my journey, um, starting from when I started my business. So when I started my business, Instagram was just coming up. It was like the new popular hot thing. It was just pictures. I don't even think there was like stories or anything yet. <laughs> so <laughs> the olden like, days, the olden days, dude, like serious TVT. Also in saying that when Instagram was new, the lifespan of posts were longer than they are now, right? Like a lifespan of a post, a lifespan of a reel, a lifespan of a story is like 24 to 48 hours if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. When Instagram first started, it was longer than that. So you could like post once a week and it would still be relevant, whereas everything moves so quickly now. So when I first started my business, always writing emails. I make a joke that like I was sending emails from my Gmail. I had a blog because I am like, I was like a Tumblr girl. I used to keep Tumblr posts and I love that shit. And I actually still know where my old Tumblr is and I will never let anyone know where it is. Um, and I like, (laughs) I like tried the Facebook thing, but I realized that my audience, my community wasn't on Facebook. So I didn't really work with Facebook. So my main things were Instagram and email. Now I've kind of reverse engineered it. And although I am active on Instagram, I kind of only give tiny bits and pieces to Instagram and who gets my real in-depth thoughts, education, value is my email list. It's my email community because to me, how I see it is if you are on my email list, if you are in my email community, you actually, number one, you're going to see what I'm putting out there and you're going to be able to actually take that content and you're going to be able to use it in your business. And number two, you want to be there. Like you made it a point to get to that spot. And with the way that Instagram is moving so quickly now, it's hard. I don't want to say it's hard to find value, but it's overwhelming to find value. So I think about like, okay, where do I want to put my energy? How do I want to set my business up? And I would rather set it up for longevity rather than just like short and sweet. Does that answer your question? I know that was like long-winded and tangent, but that's just the way I am, so. <laughs> no, I, yes, it answered my question. No, I loved it. Um, There's one thing you said, and it was how we were taught to to write in a different way than we mm. speak. And as soon as you said that, I was having like a blast of the past, like of like language arts classes in elementary school and being mm-hmm. like taught, this is the format and this is how you speak. And I think one of the reasons you and I have always vibed really well is like you're that Jersey girl and I have like that Philly energy where we (laughs) kind of tell it like it is like there isn't that that censorship to our language. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I've always picked up on your your brand and your energy. And as soon as you said that your tone has never changed, I think to all the emails that you send, I think to your Instagram posts, I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Mm, Well, thank you. And yeah, I think it's, it's really important to remember that because no matter where you are, no matter what platform you are, like those people want to, your audience, your community, they want to hear from you. And if you start to sound like not you, they're going to be like, wait, what, what's going on here? And that doesn't mean that you're not going to evolve as your business evolves, because obviously that's going to happen, but it's finding that style of writing and it's finding that tone of voice and infusing it into everything 
that's how also like consistency is created too. I think it's easy to think of consistency as just doing something like repeating something, right? So it's like, okay, I'm staying consistent. I'm posting every day and I'm sending an email uh, once a week. But consistency is also in what you're talking about, how you're saying it and who you're talking to as well. Ooh, yes, that is so important. Sometimes I forget about that. I, I really, some, I think sometimes it's, it's like, as you've said, social media can be so overwhelming mm -hmm. that I think sometimes people who are just getting started, I've noticed as I've sort of, I don't want to say taken off, but as my brand has gained traction, my message has become a lot clearer and I've become a lot more confident in sending that message. And it's very true to what you just said, where you have to stick with it. And the one thing that came to my mind was, People on the internet these days, it's something I love. They'll smell bullshit from a mile away. Mm -hmm. As soon as someone's fake, they know. And I think that's something I really love because it allows us to show up authentically and it allows us to find an audience that's like, yeah, this is the person I want to be around. This is the person I want to absorb from. Whereas like the people who don't want that from you, they won't stick around in this, mm -hmm. in this time. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. I think that's also a really big way of doing intuitive business too. It's like, feeling into that and just kind of catching those on vibes and off vibes. And, you know, I, after every email I send, I always look at who unsubscribes and I'm like, thank you. I give like a little thank you of like, okay, thank you. Like, I appreciate you for being like, I don't want to, you know, be a part of this community or get this information anymore because then that also makes space for other people that also make space for something else and um I think that fear of like well what if I say something that people don't like like that's gonna happen no matter what you're gonna say something that's gonna piss someone off you're gonna say something that someone's not gonna gel with and that's okay everything you say does not it's not gonna be perfect there's no such thing as perfect when it comes to anything especially when it comes to running an intuitive business and as I'm saying that, I'm also thinking back to what you said, like picturing yourself, like sitting in elementary school, language arts class, you know, they teach you like formats and, and formulas and all that stuff. And what I'll say about that is when it comes to copywriting, there are formulas and formats that you should follow. It don't matter, like, depending on what the goal, what the end goal is, but that doesn't mean that your brand tone, your style, the way that you speak to people has to go away. So for someone who's just, and maybe this is just another tangent, for someone who's just getting started, for instance, I struggle with my email list at times. I've taken hiatus this summer as I've sort of balanced in-person work with mm -hmm. online coaching. And how does someone who is just getting into that email list, as you said, there are sort of ways to do it. How does someone find that? Who do they go to? Where do they look? And I know you are an excellent resource for it. So this is a little plug for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this. So let me ask you a question to a question. Like, what holds you back from it? What makes you say, like, you got away from it or you haven't nurtured it or anything? Like, what scares you about your email list? I think sometimes I worry they're not long enough or they're not, or they're too short. I think I get caught up. It's something that I recently discussed um, at my current internship, which has turned into a strength, strength coaching job and has been an absolutely wonderful experience. And I came to them with a program recently for my final project. 
-hmm. And they said, you know, they asked me why I chose to do what I did. And they said it was a really well done program. But the one thing I came to them with was I was so worried to present them with something that was too short. Mm. And I think that holds me back because oftentimes it doesn't need to be very wordy at all. Sometimes you're able to get a very clear message across with less words. And I think that Mm. frightens me. Oh, well, I understand that. And I think once again, I feel like I'm getting like two brainwaves right now. Once again, we're like, we're taught that the longer something is, the more valuable it is, right? Like that's pretty much like what we've been told our whole lives. So there's like some unpacking and deconditioning from that of like, okay, if I, if I write this shorter email, is it still going to be valuable? Yes, it is because your words matter, number one. And you could like short and impactful is going to hit better than long and drained and drawn out. That was the first thought. And that also has some nuance to it too. Um, I feel like I actually was just talking to Mary, who was on an episode right before this, we were talking about like why copy needs to be so long. Um, so if you want to know about like the long and drawn out, you can listen to that episode. Here's a shameless plug for that. But to, I love it. To come back to like, <laughs> plug it all. Plug it all. To come back to the short and then and impactful and being like almost scared of that. It might be because that's not what you've known. You know, like you've been known to write really long and have a lot of detail. And there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm trying to say is when it comes to creating emails, especially ones that you send out to your people, like, and this is going to be, no one's going to want to hear this answer. Like there's no right way to do it. It's figuring out that formula and that routine that works for you. Like what feels good to you? There's people that send out literally like one sentence emails once a week. They'll send out a one sentence email and they'll call it like a love note or like uh, mid motivation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's an email. And then there's other people who will send out really long emails that like, I'll still read. There's some people that I get emails that their emails are super, super long. Like I'll still read them because I like their style of writing. I like their tone of voice and they make it interesting. So I think it's more about like what you put into it rather than the length of it. But to figure out if you're someone who is just starting to tap into your email list or you have that fear coming up of being like, it's not going to be long enough or it's too short. Ask yourself, like, why does it matter if it's not if it's not long enough or if it's too short? What determines that? And it's a lot of experimentation, too. Like, it takes time to figure out what your community is going to read what they like and you can do the data you could read the data on the back end or you could literally just ask your people like do you like short emails or do you like long emails and it's like it's trial and error that was a really long way to answer that question I feel like I still have other stuff to say but does anything pop up oh a lot a lot I, I think that's the wonderful thing about talking to you, though, is I almost have to like compartmentalize because I'm like, oh, I grab onto pieces of what you're saying and I want to respond to all of them all at once. 
But um, I think the biggest Feel free to thing. Interrupt me. <laughs> well, it's I want to allow you to speak. It's your podcast. The the biggest one though, as someone who used to be such a big black and white thinker, and as someone who now coaches people to not think in black and white in terms of their mm-hmm. movement, in terms of like their relationship with movement. It's very interesting to see social media and email lists and copy and content in that light where it is trial and error. It's an ebb and a flow and kind of looping back to what you had said about your email list, how you look and see who unsubscribes instead of looking. I love that you said this instead of looking at the unsubscriber as a negative, as a, oh my gosh, someone doesn't like me, how you see it as an opportunity for someone else who will appreciate your work better. I think that's brilliant. I think mm, it's amazing you. to create space like that. And it's such an incredible mind sh- like mindset that I'm so glad you talked about because it's not something I had even considered. Mm, thank you. And like, it's taken a lot of work to, to get there, dude. Like I've been in this for almost a decade now. And there were times, believe me, when I would, if I got unsubscribed, I'd be like, oh my God, why don't they like me? But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'd always be like, well, then fuck them. Like if they don't like me, like that's just the way it is. But it takes, once again, it's that trial and error. It's that trial and error of figuring out what works for you, what works for your community and like what feels good. That's one of the most beautiful things of intuitive business is figuring out what feels good for you and how that can help your community, how that could help you serve your community. For sure. I think one of the beautiful things is in, in our realm, you know, I often see um, B talk about this over at powerhouse, how Uh people sometimes worry that their industry is, is saturated. And Mm -hmm. in reality, it's not, we all have our each individual, our own individual tones rather. And I think one of my favorite things is seeing how you do copy and content, but also seeing like taking little pieces from what I can learn from you, but also seeing how wildly different what you do is from how I create, how Mm. over on TikTok, which is like the most insane sort of feral universe. I don't (laughs) What a good word. I don't even have TikTok. And that just gave me a vision of what it is. Like that right there was a beautiful description. I... I thanked my followers on TikTok the other day and it made me think, it actually made me think about content and copy. And I went on my TikTok story and I said, I just want to thank you all for allowing me to present myself in the most feral, unhinged way. And I never have to grow up now. And it was this moment where I realized that I'm able to create in a way that is somehow acceptable and working, but is so different from what I, like a young tailor ever would have dreamed Mm-hmm. a professional life would have looked like and i think the internet a lot of people see it as very toxic and there there are a lot of toxic spaces on the internet but when you look at our creativity and our ability and our outreach i think it also is this incredibly open space for just all sorts of artistic treasure yeah it definitely is and it's so it's interesting to hear you say that because i feel like i'm on that other spectrum of like i don't have tiktok the thought of getting TikTok gives me, makes my heart palpitate because I'm like, oh my God, that would be so overwhelming for me. But the appreciation that I have for people that can create in that like free flowing way is so massive. And that's just another example of intuitive business, dude. Like you found a channel, you found a platform where you can show up unhinged, feral, yourself. <laughs> And you're creating and you're 
you know, calling in your people that way. Like people are, I'm sure you've pit, you've brought in so many people into your community from who you've met on TikTok because they see you and they're, they're like, that human is dope. And I like how they're showing up unfiltered. And I want to be a part of that. Like I want to be with them. That's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's, it's looking at it. It's observing it like you just did and having that realization of, okay, this app is actually filling my cup rather than taking away from my cup. Like personally me, Instagram is taking away from my cup. Like I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, this is just taking away too much from me rather than filling up. And then it's another evolution of business, right? It's another evolution of shifting. So what's next? How do I still reach my people? What do I do if I decide to come off that app or if I show up less, you know? So it's like finding out, I love that you have found that outlet in that channel where you can show up like that and where you like appreciate your own creativity because that's so important. Oh, for sure. It's created a completely different level of, I think, um, confidence is the word I'm looking for in creating mm, love that. that was something I I truly lacked when I first got it started and I'll be honest I feel the same way about Instagram as you do yeah. I just am really really tired of it it almost feels like like that like something you just keep around because you're like well I'm already I've already done this mm-hmm. why would I get rid of this at this point but I I because I think I noticed with you as well you probably post like what three times a week on Instagram how often do you post on Instagram yeah, usually like three times a week. And to be honest, dude, most of it is automated. And I appreciate that because I noticed that you post like you're not on that. I'm going to post on Instagram every day grind. And I noticed that for you and your business. And I actually have taken a beat from it. And I'm like, I don't need to post every day on Instagram. Like I'm not following this sort of try to get as many followers as I possibly can in as little time as possible. It's just it's exhausting. Yep. And that's it right there. It's exhausting, right? And as soon, I feel like as soon as you hit that point, especially when you run a business, dude, we run a business because you want freedom, right? Like, well, I'm just going to say I want a business because I want to be able to like do work for two hours and go roll around in the grass with my dogs for an hour. I don't want to feel like I'm pouring all of my energy into this thing and not getting anything out of it. And I, that's how I had felt lately. I feel like I was pouring so much energy and I know a lot of creators who have been feeling that way too. And it's obvious that the platform doesn't give a shit about us or what we think. So why continue to give energy to something that is not going to give any energy back. It's not going to be symbiotic. It's not going to be reciprocal. So what would you say is your favorite, if Instagram's like sort of our mortal enemy for the time being, until it, <laughs> until it sort of gets its shit together, if it ever does. If it ever does. The next what would you down. say is your favorite way to create co- copy and content? Mm, if it had nothing to do with like any followers, anything at all. So I'm going to say email because, you know, email is my OJ. Email is queen. Um, and I just love writing emails. Um, but besides that, honestly, dude, I've been jamming out a lot on Pinterest. Ooh, no way. A lot of fun with Pinterest. Yes. And this is something that 
once again, when I first started my business 10 years ago, I did it because Pinterest was like popular, right? And then I stopped. And then actually another plug for B again, a few years ago when I worked with B, she was like, you know, you should check out Pinterest. It's starting to grow. More and more people I talk to now are like, Pinterest is where it's at recently, especially with the elder gen, the elder millennial, hello, <laughs> elder millennial generation, which is me. I am in that elder millennial generation that is kind of like sick of Instagram, but they still want to create. And the reason why I personally like Pinterest so much is because number one, it gives my mind a way to create, like it's very aesthetically pleasing mm. and I am a visual learner and I like to, um, create things that look beautiful like let's call it what it is so there's the visual stack but also pinterest which i think a lot of people don't realize is a search engine so like if you're looking for something stop you're blowing my mind a little bit legit dude i'm very glad that you could you you're hearing this right now (laughs) i had no idea i'm not gonna say you heard it first from me because you didn't hear it first from me but (laughs) It is a search engine. So think about it, right? You go to Pinterest because you want to find find like 10 squat variations. You type it in and those pins come up. If I am looking for like top 10 spells for money magic or whatever, I go to Pinterest and look for it and those pins pop up. So I'm personally right now having number one, a lot of fun with Pinterest and I'm taking that energy that I've been spending on Instagram and starting to shift it towards Pinterest because also, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, is that it has a longer lifespan. So pins last for a lot longer than any Instagram post, any Instagram story, or any TikTok story will last. Ooh, I'm like resisting the urge to grab my phone in this moment and like create a Pinterest account. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say don't check it out, but that i'd um, heard rumors but i didn't realize it was as quite in i think i was just behind the pinterest like generation i think i'm like two years behind that fad it just never quite made its way to me yeah well that's interesting thing about pinterest dude is that it's been around for a while right it's been around for a while but i don't think it ever really like blew up it's like like a sleeper cell did yeah it's yeah that's exactly what it is it's like the it's like I hate that quote that it's like hustle in silence, but like Pinterest is hustling in silence, dude. Like that's what it's doing. I have (laughs) never heard that quote before. You've never heard that? You're from Philly and you've never heard that? I've never heard hustle (laughs) in silence. Oh gosh, it's it's so darn toxic. Stay humble. Like, nah, man, just stop with those types of quotes. But anyway, Pinterest, like don't sleep on it. Dang. It's like a social media, little social media one-two for us today. I love it. For real, for real, for real. So before we wrap up, do you have, I like to like workshop a little bit here. So in real time, workshopping a question that you have or whatever, what is something that you would like to put into the universe, whether it's like right now or coming up, or if you have any other questions that we could workshop that came out of this conversation? It's very hard not to say, what should I do if I create a Pinterest? Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
that it does really kind of flow into sort of my current scheme though is my goal for coming into 2023 which is mm -hmm. only what six months away where does oh the time God, go so wild. i can't i feel like i blinked but wow. my goal post-graduation, because I'll be graduating in December, which is very, Yay! very exciting. Super exciting, dude. Is to have, finally have a movement library for okay. clients for free for anyone who's really looking. So whether that's on Pinterest or whether that's on YouTube or whether that lives like somewhere else entirely, maybe it lives everywhere and nowhere all at once. Mm -hmm. But that is sort of my, that and eventually creating a podcast of my own are the probably number one and two on my list of branching out by 2023. Mm. So I don't know if that nice. leaves us with a lot to workshop. I don't know if that's quite too quite like broad, but. I mean, that's definitely space to workshop. That's exciting. So let's narrow it down a little bit. Um, let's think about building that library, right? Like what would be the first question that you have about building that library and the strategy behind it? I think, so one thing I've noticed from kind of observing you is you're very organized. <laughs> like, oh, I'm glad I make it seem that way. You definitely make it seem that way. So how do you, for something like that, for a movement library, where as, and you've, you know, done so much in personal training and fitness and all of that, when you have so many different variations and so many ways to organize, that's something I had to do it as a project for my internship back in the spring. And when I asked them, I said, what's the best way to organize these movements and they said oh you can just do it however you want and I was mm. like well how does that help and maybe this is even digging deeper the biggest complaint I've gotten from people especially newbies in the fitness realm is that there's so many freaking names yeah for the same movement so what level how do you create a level of organization with something that's so big Mm, this is fun. My mind is like, get the chalkboard out. Let me start writing. So first, let me ask um, organization. Do you mean on like the literal back end? Like, how do you stay organized? Or like, how would you, it's all packaged up, give it to the client and be like, here you go have fun type of organization Ooh, i think i could i could honestly ask you for both because i think both could be worked on but i think for this specific question i think sort of the client experience mm, you have a much okay. longer tenure working with clients and that's not i don't think that's like a dig at myself either i've i'm new to the business and it's something that i've continued to grow and i feel like i'm very very good at what i do but i can constantly learn yeah, I mean, everyone can, right? We're, we're forever students, but okay. So what I would suggest is think about the person. So you want to think of like where your client is on stage of awareness. So your stage of awareness, when it comes to copy, it's like, where are they about, where are they knowing about your product, right? But for this instinct, we're going to pull it back. And we're going to say your stage of awareness, like think about your client. Do they know the basic movements? Do they know how to squat? Are they power lifters? Like, what do they know? Think about that. So where would you say your client that's going to be buying this library, like, what is their knowledge of movement? Ooh, even I think most people who come to my platform looking for that kind of knowledge are generally very, very beginner. Okay. So it would be something beginner friendly where maybe even categorize it. And this is just me riffing, maybe even categorize it as something as simple as the movement patterns, your squat, your hinge, your gate, your carry, push and pull. Yep. Absolutely. You want to start with the foundations. 
That's what I would definitely say. You just answered your own question. So I would say start with the foundations right there. Start with the simplest movement. One of the best things that I think it, I don't remember if it was a coach or if it was like someone who, who I worked for that told me like how to describe something is you want to describe it to them like they've never heard of it before so if you're describing a squat to them you want to break it down in the simplest terms like they have no idea what a squat is so i would say start with your foundations first right that's the bottom of your pyramid so that's your main movements right maybe it's module like one it's video one through ten they have to go through video one through ten before they can unlock 11 through five, right? And then mm. 11 through five gets a little more complex. So um, I don't know, maybe you bring in like unilateral movements or, um, you know, another movement that's like still simple, but a little bit harder. And then they have to complete that before they get to the next one. I like that. I'm also kind of giggling to myself here because it comes back again to what we mentioned with the email list of me being afraid that something's too short. Yeah. Like, dude, remember you are, you are the expert. People are coming to you because they want your help. You, they're coming to you because they want to solve a problem and you have the answer to that problem. So they're going to listen to what you tell them. And they, if they're coming to you, if they're ready to buy from you, they already trust you, which is one of the hardest things because trust is cultivated and built, right? It's like just not automatically given. You've done that. You've built that trust. You have that trust with them. So your next step is continuing that trust and giving them the solution to their problems. I'm very, very into it. It comes. It all comes back to what you... I love how everything is sort of building on each other. It all comes it back to what is. you said with tone of voice, too. Because that trust isn't cultivated unless you're consistent in your tone of voice. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Spooky. Exactly. Yeah. So creepy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. So does that help? Like, does that give you an idea of how you can get organized for this oh 110% 110% it's very and sometimes it, it's so nice to just like have someone to chat with things about I think that's and that's why I appreciate your communities too is when you give people the ability to just sort of workshop together because I think people sometimes forget that we don't just because we're business owners and even people in the same field workshop off each other like there's so much we can learn from one another and build each mm -hmm. other up and like I think people often forget they feel like they need to isolate themselves into a single business entity it's like no build communicate chat yeah. mm -hmm. that's the whole point of community is being able to you know learn from each other and support each other i think if especially after the past few years like everyone needs a little extra support everyone needs some community community is there to be your soundboard they're there to be your soundboard your hype people like whatever so good i'm glad that was super helpful Thank you so much. That was fantastic. That was like just the little like the little brain noggin that I needed. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> I swear. I didn't think I'd get nervous, but I was like, oh, dang, I'm like kind of nervous today. Oh, well, I hope it went away. <laughs> I still get nervous, too, dude. You should see the amount of like crystals and sage I have around like the, the half ass setup I have. For As I sat down, I literally thought to myself, I was like, I should have brought more crystals to this. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for being here. Uh, before we sign off, do you have, this is time to plug yourself. So like, where can we find you? Do you have any projects coming up? Anything? Ooh, yes. So this is wonderful. My handle on just about everything is tailored for strength. It's going to be spelled like my name. So T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D for strength, the word, not the number. And you can find me sort of everywhere. I'm dabbling in YouTube at the moment in the process of building that movement library. I am an unhinged and feral, but absolutely wonderful over on TikTok. Instagram, we're still sort of figuring everything out, but a little bit more information based on Instagram, I would say. And then, you know, I'm in the process of kind of figuring out a a subscription-based programming offer for people as well to kind of make personal training more cost-effective, but less individualized. So that's something that will be on the horizon for fall of 2022. So probably right around when this comes out. Mm, That's amazing. That's amazing. I love all of that for you. I love seeing your journey and everything that you're doing. Um, Keep doing it. Keep being feral. So once again, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your energy. And most of all, I appreciate your creativity. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, everyone. Hey fam, thanks for listening to the Stream of Copiness. You can find resources and links from this episode in the show notes at the Stream of Copiness About Me page. If you felt like this episode hit you on a soul level, you can give the podcast a follow or leave a little love by writing a review. And make sure to hop into the Conscious Creators Collective, the digital inbox community for your weekly dose of sarcasm, elder millennial musings, and of course, copy tips. See you out there, boo. Blessings. <laughs>